0: Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. (laughs) There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me
1: along. So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him (laughs) in my place. He sent me the double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon, fueled by Guardian games and athletic field design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben, and we're here today recording at the mecca of all baseball apparel places in the world, baseballism. And we're bringing you a very special guest, one of the co-founders of baseballism, Jonathan Joane. And uh, without further ado, Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we could do this. I am too. i um, really appreciative of you taking time out of your schedule to uh, come and meet with us. Uh, Dave and Andrew are not around, uh, but I wanted to jump over and talk with you a little bit about baseball today and awesome. your background. Um, so let's let's talk into some little bit of questions that I have initially for you. And usually we like to ask every guest. What was your earliest remembrance of baseball itself? Like what kind of got you into it? Well, my brother started playing when he was five, my twin brother. And mm-hmm. so I had,
2: I have a few memories of him playing t-ball and then talking to my mom and dad and thinking, ah, you know, I really want to play next year. But the first real memory of me playing is, I don't know why, because when I coached uh, t-ball and coach pitch now for my son. I don't let kids catch because mm-hmm. it's just really slow. But I can remember being in T-ball, being in the full catcher's gear and showing it off to my parents. Um, <laughs> it, it, it felt great. I remember I could jump up in the air and yeah. I could land on my knees and my shin
0: guards protected me. And it was my legs protected me. And yeah, that's my first memory. Uh, what was one player that stands out to you as a younger youth that uh, you, you just like, man, I, I want to be like this player on the field and, and how they play. And this is one of my favorite players of all time. So I played baseball
2: every year, starting at six, all the way up. And you know, I just stopped playing. Really, I played some men's league. But I didn't start watching professional baseball until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And growing up in Portland, we didn't we didn't have a team. You know, my parents were blue collar, so we weren't driving to Mariner games. So I didn't, I mean, I watched the Mariners, but it wasn't my team. Yeah. So growing up, um, even though they weren't great, uh, the Red Sox were my team in high school mm. and nomar Garcia Parra really stuck out to me i can remember being a sophomore i think i was a sophomore uh, in high school watching the all-star game and it was the uh, it was the um, home run derby and nomar was just sitting on the side and the re- reporter came up to him and said you're, you're hitting 387 right now how does that make you feel and he said oh i, I didn't even know i was hitting 387 and to me at that time that really mattered to me because he was playing for his team and the stats didn't matter. Hindsight looking back, maybe it was just a little coach talk, right? You yeah. know, to not uh celebrate his own successes. But that really struck me. And so Nomar and Pedro and that that Red Sox team, those are
0: the those are the players that I look up to when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta ask a question about that. Did him always mess it around with the Velcro on his baseball bat and gloves ever like just like, dude, why do you keep that? <laughs> well, I can
2: tell you that it never translated to my game. I didn't <laughs> add that to my ritual. Um, I didn't get caught up in that. No. It was just one of his idiosyncrasies.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, I was born back east, and I lived back east, so I was a big, big, big Red Sox fan, so I remember those days with, like, Pedro and Garcia Perra and, and all the, the players. I remember even back to, like, Mo Vaughn on the oh, Red yeah. Sox. And, oh, yeah. So, um, but that's really interesting. So, let's let's talk about, you know, when you started playing Your, yourself, you, you talked about T ball and being a catcher, you know, was that the position that you just dreamt about playing when you wanted to start playing?
2: No, I, I really, when I played little league and through, um, high school, I was middle infielder and pitcher, mm-hmm. um, not tall, uh, but had a good arm. And so that's what kind of led me to those positions. Um, But man, when I played Little League, I was just, I guess I was kind of half in. I wasn't like totally committed or I just didn't have the coaching. I wasn't doing private lessons. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we grew up blue collar. So I just, when when practice started, practice started and it was early spring. So I wasn't very good. And I can just really remember not making a few all-star teams. Mm -hmm. And that really, really propelled me when I was about 12 or 13 to put in the work um, and just get better. Because I was like, I wasn't great at anything, any sport. You know, I played basketball, I played soccer, I Mm -hmm. played baseball, but I didn't stand out. And I just had this epiphany that I needed to focus on one sport because I wasn't talentedly, I didn't have enough talent to excel in all three. Mm -hmm. And so when I was 13, I really put the work
0: in that summer and focused on baseball and it paid dividends. You know, I made the, the varsity team and it was great. Well, what, what, what were you putting in as far as like the work? You know, everybody talks about that. Some people talk about, oh, I get in the weight room, lifting weights, yep. building some more muscle, or I'm out taking BP 100 pitches a day, 200 at-bats a day, or um, I'm just working on watching the game, becoming better at fundamentals. Like what was that for you at that time? For me, it was the summer of my 13-year-old year. I
2: would go to the park every single day um, and I would play and it would just be with buddies. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't have Mm -hmm. private lessons. So I was on teams, but it was going to the park, playing over the line, taking DP, and just doing it every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was more the cadence um, rather than the quality, honestly, but it was just getting out there and it was as much mental as it was physical Mm -hmm. because I had some tools, um, but it was just, Putting in the work—that's mm-hmm. that, that, really what it was—and that 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 looked like Portland Summers out on the ball diamond playing over the line every yeah. single day. What was your favorite baseball movie growing up? It's so tough because that's evolved. I think growing up, I think growing up, it was The Sandlot, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a that one's still at the top for me. Yeah, it's The Sandlot and Field of Dreams for me. It's just those two. I, I could I watch all the time with my
0: five year old son. Yeah, that I'm now. So let me ask, because a lot of people always say Sandlot. Is it because you, you realized that was you as a kid out on that ball field playing with your friends and just like, hey, that was I, I was that guy. I was either you know the guy in the right field, left field. I was a pitcher. I mean, is, is that just how you felt about that movie? That movie was, was cast so
2: well mm-hmm. that I could not only see myself in that movie, but I could see my friends in that movie. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, yeah. in that movie in yeah. my mind, that's, that's who I was. I wasn't the star. I was a role player. Right. And my friend, Jamil was the pitcher. Right. So it's just like that kind of, and I can imagine who, you know, who the catcher was like, Andy was the catcher. My friend, Andy was the catcher. Mm-hmm. And so it was very easy to not only see myself, uh, but to see my friends. And then as I reflect back now, and I watch this movie now, it's so well written. It's so funny. It's so good. Um, beginning middle and end the storytelling it's just a classic there's a reason it's there's a reason that everybody says that's their favorite movie
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah there's I mean there's very few movies that you could just go to anybody and they were like bam this is like my favorite movie but you know with baseball it's it's a few you know you got your your field of dreams you got um you get major league I mean baseballism does a lot with major league but Major League is phenomenal for quotes. And then you have Sandlot and then a league of their own. Mm -hmm. And then um, Bull Durham. Bull Durham. The love of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's just. And you get some
2: soft ones like summer catch. I Is it it Fever Pitch or whatever? Fever Pitch, yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: don't actually, I don't think I saw that one. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I remember about that is them. Auctioning off and going over, having a bunch of beers and talking about which games are going to go to. And so that's that's my memory. of that movie. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but let's jump back into your 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 baseball career. So you um, play with North Portland Little League. Yep. It, it, back then, it wasn't North Portland Little
2: League. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Interstate Little League. And so when I was when I was going uh, when I was playing Little League, there was just more kids playing baseball. And so under the North Portland umbrella, there was Interstate and Kenton and Pier Park and Willamette. And I mean, there was eight little leagues, mm-hmm. but now it's all under one North Portland, um, which is, which is good and bad, you know, a little bit more resources, have a handle on the parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I played, when I played the league, it was for Interstate. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of youth that don't play baseball these days. And compared to when we were younger playing baseball, there's a lot of like, and a lot of people involved, what would you say is one of the bigger reasons that maybe there's not as many people playing baseball now as maybe when we were growing up? Or do you feel like that's not the case? I feel like well, I can say from the research that we've
2: done, we've done that baseball's growing. okay Baseball is definitely growing. But to answer your question, it's it's not as approachable for a kid. you know you can go grab a basketball and go shoot that's it that's all you need for baseball you need you know it's it's not a, a, an intensive when it comes to equipment but it's not just pick up and go i mean you could pick up a stick and a rock and or, or something like that mm-hmm. and play but it's just not as approachable as taking a soccer ball and going out on the field and playing um so I, I would say that has a reason but from what we've seen in football and head injuries i think we're seeing some strides in baseball uh, which is great not only not
0: only personally but for our business it's good
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah As you're playing Little League, what was was the coach like for you in in that experience? I had pretty good coaching. Nobody that had...
2: uh, I can't say that I had a coach in Little League that had an outstanding baseball acumen. But I had coaches that understood that they didn't have that acumen, but they were creating um, skills that would translate beyond baseball. And so one of the things I can remember playing, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old is my coach is saying, think about what you're going to do before you get the baseball. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's very common. And you hear that a lot, but that translates, you know, it translates into life. Yeah. Think about what you're going to do if this happens. Are Mm -hmm. you ready? Are you prepared? It's basically, are you prepared? Do you know what you're going to do? And so I had coaches in Little League that really instilled those life skills. And I started to really understand what it meant to be a part of a team, Mm -hmm. which matters, you know, you become more selfless. Um, you become, you be, you take on more responsibility. And so I would say that my coaching experience in Little League was positive.
0: At what point did it begin to click with you a little bit more that, Hey, I, I want to do this and I want to continue on. And this is, this is really fun. And, and this is the position that I want to play. At what point did it click to you that that was the case? It was
2: really that 13 year old summer, like that bridge into high school. Mm -hmm. I kind of looked around and, you know, went, went and saw a few high school sports games, you know, baseball, basketball, soccer, and realized that if I wanted to be a part of something at a varsity level that I needed to focus. And so my, my light bulb moment was when I was 13.
0: Okay. So you, you go on to play at Benson high school. I did talk a little bit about that experience and what that was like for you.
2: Yeah. So Benson, um, was a good experience. We were definitely bottom up bottom of the pack, bottom of the PIL. But when I, um, started as a freshman, but I was able to, uh, play JV as a freshman, which was cool. It felt, I felt really small, but <laughs> I you know, they, yeah. they passed out the jerseys and I could, I didn't fit, um, but I could play. So, um, I played JV for coach, uh, Josh Wong, coach Wong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was outstanding and we're still really, really good friends. Um, he instilled a lot of that responsibility and work ethic, uh, he played at Roosevelt and then con- he played college baseball at Concordia. And so he was a younger coach, and so we could relate. Um, and then when I, when I, uh, sophomore year, I played varsity. And mm-hmm. that year, um, it was either that year or, or the year after, Rob Herter took over the program. Mm-hmm. And he was awesome. Uh, he really set a different tone. Um, and by the time I graduated, um, we were, Fighting for playoff spots, and that was that never happened. Uh, I was all city. We had a, I had a teammate Gary Jones who was first team all state. It's the first time in thirty years Benson had a, a first team all state player, and to get first team all state in a program that doesn't even make the playoffs mm-hmm. says a lot. Um, so Coach Herter was was a great coach, and again we're we're still really good friends.
0: What did he do to make you take that next step and go to the next level? What was it about him that that allowed you to do that one of the things that he he acknowledged with me i can
2: still remember we were walking over to the equipment locker outside after practice and we were talking about i don't remember we were talking about the game or something and one of the things that always stands out to me is he said he he called me john said john you're the hardest worker in this program and i i that like stuck with me Mm -hmm. and it made me really value hard work. That was the first time that I really like valued hard work. I knew I had to do it. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to do it just to float, just to be a part of it, but to have, to have someone in a, in a leadership capacity acknowledge it, uh, it really motivated me. So he was he was a very very good motivator, mm-hmm. and he set the tone. Um, practice was practice started sharply. Uh, winter conditioning was mandatory. These are the things that before he got there, you know, the, the previous guard was a little bit more lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. And he brought, I don't want to say a military approach, but he, fought, he brought a very refined approach that translated into our behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that you use some of this and you've taken and moving forward in life with it, any of these attributes that he taught you? Every day. And that's, that's the great thing about
2: baseballism and, and our brand is is we, try to, we portray a coach's voice mm-hmm. and, an, and an authentic voice. Everything needs to be authentic. And we, we try to respect the history and the uh, tradition and class of the game. And so the, on, the only way that we do that is we draw from our experiences. And so work ethic and showing up on time, showing up early, all of those things... A
0: direct a direct result of how we were all coached yeah what's what's one of the greatest things that you remember about your high school career and what's one thing that you know, like maybe if I could have done a little bit better maybe you know I, I could have achieved more in throughout my career at Benson um, each it was a tech school so each student could
2: pick um, a, a career or a major right? mm-hmm. so whether it's automotive or health occupations or radio broadcasting or communications. There were skills. And so I can remember going into, I majored in radio broadcasting. And I I went into, um, we had a big game against Wilson. And Wilson was always good in in the PIL. Mm -hmm. And I can remember going into my radio uh, the day of the game and telling my teacher, uh, Kevin Flink, we're going to beat Wilson today. And it was, he just rolled his eyes at me because he went to Wilson. Mm -hmm. He coached softball. And so he understood. He understood that we hadn't beat Wilson in five years. Yeah. And I can remember it was Wilson was in second place, Grant was in first place, Grant had a bye. So Grant shows up to the game, their whole team. Mm -hmm. And these are kids that I played Little League with, the Grant guys. So we had a close connection. And I pitched against Wilson um, and we ended up beating him. And it was just, I can remember it was 76 degrees. My fastball was moving, my curveball was moving, Uh everything was going well beat him and so that was i mean i'll never ever forget that Mm -hmm. um in terms of what i could have done better i think we could have done a better job as a as a a team and as a program making baseball cool Mm -hmm. on campus because we just weren't deep often a product of an up-and-coming program right you get a few players and they're good but we could have cultivated um Baseball in a different way to get deeper um, mm-hmm. in positions and, and really probably succeeded a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I know one of the things that I wish I would have done differently as a playing baseball at varsity level and when I was going to school was that I wish it just been like you know what life's going to be there beyond high school outside of that. Just focus in on where you're at right now and enjoy your time. Don't rush it. And mm-hmm. Don't want to grow up because I feel like for me personally that took away from that, the life of baseball and just trying to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my biggest things of my, my only, my regret was I would just wish I would have like, Hey, slow down a little bit. You're going to grow. Just enjoy your time. So, that I, that could be true for any period of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, a yeah. lot of people
2: come up to me like, Oh, you know, isn't it so great that baseball is doing well. And sometimes it's hard because you, you, you're, my head's just down mm-hmm. and we're just working and trying to keep up. And so I, I try to do that too. I try to slow down, soak it in, mm-hmm. because when you get to the next stage of your life, you're gonna miss
0: the stage that you're in. And yeah, so I think it could be true. Because I mean, in your your field, you're go 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 go, and you know I think we've messaged back and forth on email, and you're like, well, I'm here today, or I'm there tomorrow, or, yep. or just these other things, and and I gotta imagine like with what you're doing, you're just you're just trying to soak it in like a sponge, but you you gotta like quick. And then move on to your next endeavor, which sometimes I just, I don't know how you do it, but I just remind myself of my, my military background. And it's just like, okay, you go there, you complete the mission, you're trying to soak in everything. And then it's just like, you got to flip a switch and move on to yep. the next thing. So I, I can, I hear you on that. Um, so moving on uh, from, from high school. So then you, you start to then... Determine where you're going to go collegiately. Um, you picked the University of Oregon, which at that time did not have a a collegiate baseball team because you know it didn't get that a threshold. But you you started you, you either started or worked on starting the the club the baseball club that they had there. So a little bit of a rewind um, from Benson. I was
2: accepted and, and ready to enroll at Oregon State
1: mm-hmm.
2: and. That, yeah, I graduated high school in 2003, and so this is the Gunderson year. This is like the big year for Oregon oh, State yeah. baseball, right? I'm not making that team. Uh, I'm good enough to play college baseball, but I'm not good enough to play at Oregon State with that recruiting class. Um, and so I decided to make a last minute pivot. I had my dorm at Oregon State, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to Lynn Benton Community College for one year and I'm going to play baseball there. Okay. Uh, and so I went to Lynn Benton, um, which was an interesting experience to go to a community college in Albany. Um, I had a, I had a pretty good experience there with uh, coach Hawk and and the teammates that I met. But then I soon realized that I wasn't good enough to transfer to Oregon state and play. And I had a lot of friends that went to the university of Oregon and Mm -hmm. I knew that they had a club baseball team. And so I was able to, and I knew that the club baseball team was pretty serious. They were going they were going to the world series the year that I was considering going there. So mm-hmm. they're traveling, right? They're going to Utah, they're going to Washington, they're going to Vegas. They're, so it's, it's, it's real baseball. Yeah. And so, and I liked the University of Oregon campus and, and the people and the feel more than I liked Corvallis. And so I did one year at Lynn Benton and then I transferred to the University of Oregon and, and, and went to school there for three years and played baseball. There.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, LBCC has a really renowned program, um, at a, you know, community college so i mean they produce a lot of talent to go over to oregon state in, in talking with dan siegel the Corvallis knights one of the owners and some of the other guys in the west coast league they're like yeah Lynn benton puts out a lot of good players and they go on and they get to oregon state some of the other schools so um but so you're playing club ball yep. at U of O. yep Talk to me a little bit about that. What was what was that like? I mean, you're, you're saying you're traveling, you're going to all these different locations, but I mean, there's a lot of things that you're doing with the, the ball club, And but did that come initially or was that later on?
2: It was later. So um, U of O, when I got there, they were in the uh, NCBA, the National Club Baseball Association. And at that time, there were 100, 140 universities that had club baseball teams. Yeah. So we had our own division. Um, and I, my... Sophomore year, I just played. And then my junior and uh, senior year, I transitioned to be uh, the club coordinator or the club president. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we had a paid coaching position that I had to hire for. Um, we had a pretty robust fundraising budget, and then we got funding from the University of Oregon. So being, being the club baseball president at U of O really taught me a lot of skills that translated into work. Mm-hmm that's where I got the love for apparel and footwear. You know, I'm doing the ordering for our jerseys and our, and our spirit wear and our our footwear. And I'm, you know, building relationships with Nike reps and Wilson reps, um, and having to report to the club baseball director, um, you know, having some accountability for the budget and the behavior of the players, which was always a hard thing. It's a hard (laughs) thing. And we didn't totally have our own facilities or a renting space. And how do you Mm -hmm. behave in that space? So, the club baseball experience, second to none. I, w- I wouldn't change a thing.
0: So you're going to school. Yep. You're playing club ball. Mm-hmm. You're the coordinator yep. for the program. How many hours on? do you think on average you're putting in a week just on being a coordinator for the, the program?
1: Oh. Um,
2: not not counting practice, just the admin stuff? Yeah. Uh,
0: probably 20 hours. So... You figure a couple hours a day, just playing. Yeah, yep. Going to classes. Yes, exactly. And you're you're putting in, you know, this twenty hours a week. So you're you're probably what about a 60, 75 hour a week at that point. Absolutely, I was young and spry then. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't require lots of coffee as you probably do now. Absolutely. <laughs> or energy drinks, whatever you're For choosing. Sure. Is. Um, but yeah, so you, I mean, you hit on your hiring, coaching staff. I did read that you're responsible. You said that you're responsible for a budget, but it was like about $45,000 or or more. Yeah. Um, What would you say that you're responsible for going out and fundraising of that budget? How much of it were you responsible for fundraising each year? 75%. I mean, we didn't get, we didn't get much
2: from the school. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're doing letter writing campaigns. We're doing a whole host of fundraising activities. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So seventy five percent. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. And And, well, I mean, a portion of that is players pay. Okay. They're 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 paying a little bit. Um, So it's a combination. You know, every player five hundred bucks. So how much are you paying? How much are you fundraising? And what kind of fundraisers can we put together to ease this burden? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was a lot of
0: fundraising. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, you. Majored in political science and government activities and societies. What was that like for you? It was great. I majored in political science um, and
2: had a minor in business. Uh, political science was was great. I lo- loved politics. Thought I was going to go to law school, um, and so that was kind of a straightforward undergraduate degree before you you know think about law school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my my brother, my oldest brother. Considered law school, also ended up getting his MBA and talked me out of mm-hmm. you know, thinking about it. So, um, yeah, political science was great, and then the, the business school at Oregon was good too. Got got to uh, you know dip my toe in marketing and finance and uh, management. Uh, it
0: was mm-hmm. Great. What well, uh, so where you're at now, and what you've learned? Uh, what was the biggest thing that set you up for success that you learned between your years as a coordinator for the ball program and then going to school and getting your degree. What's just some of the things that you've learned that you've carried forward with you? I would say the club baseball
2: coordination experience, uh, was, I was way more there than I did in college in terms of what translate in, into real skills, you hmm. know, because you have to, I had to manage up and I had to manage down, right? i had the team that we need to take care of. And then I had to report to the uh, director of club sports, had a budget, um, how to do custom uniform ordering. So a lot of that stuff translated in, you know, when I graduated from U of O, uh, I transitioned um, to work for ringer softball and baseball. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of custom cleats for you know, D1 programs and um, taking care of, you know, their athletic needs. And so a lot of that translated from going from club coordinator to getting into sports, you know, sports business. I still use those skills today.
0: Okay. Well, excellent. Um, You know, Jonathan, I I appreciate you taking your time um, to talk with us and about this, your career up to and through college. Um, So thank you so much. It was awesome. Um, So we're going to come back next week. We're going to talk more about you. We're going to continue on from your college career and uh, get to know you a little bit better. So thank you once again and uh, appreciate it. Awesome. Look forward to next week. Excellent. Well, that do it for this episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Uh, you take care wherever you're at, and you have yourself a great day. Peace out.